Hi, this is Bernie Dake. You're listening to the Salvation Army's Words of Life. Hey, before we jump into this week's episode, we want to share with you a clip from another show we create called The Storyteller Series. In this podcast, we study a different book of the Bible every season, and we are so excited to share with you that we just launched the book of Exodus. Throughout this podcast, you'll hear an engaging narration of each chapter. And throughout the series, we'll hear from a group of friends who sit around and discuss the significance of each section of this book. So I can't wait for you to jump in and learn more about the book of Exodus. The story of Exodus is both intimate and universal, small and astonishingly grand. The Exodus is the story of a family that became a nation, the story of God clashing with Egypt's gods and their intermediaries and decisively defeating them. It is the story of one man uniquely equipped and called to lead God's people. This story is Israel's story. It is the church's story. It is our story. The story of God coming in mercy to save. It is the Exodus. Welcome back, friends, to the Storytellers Podcast, our Exodus series. And joining me again are my friends, and Sam and Stephanie. We're going to the New Sheila. Testament, and you talked about it, how we now become the temple. But there's still this need for us to give up ourselves and sacrifice. And when we become that and God enters us, that power is there. Mm. Uh, that same power that separated the Jordan is there now. In that place, like when you're speaking, it reminds me of like his promise to be with them and to go before them and to defeat their enemies. Sometimes we are the people who need others to hold us up. Mm. And sometimes we are the people who need to come along and hold others up. The whole story. Listen to the Storyteller series wherever you get your podcasts or learn more at SalvationArmyRadio.org. From wherever you're listening, welcome back. I'm Bernie Dig with Words of Life. As we're nearing the end of our series, Our House, today really speaks to some conversations we had in our previous series with Natalie Runyon. What happens when your church begins to have internal struggles, disagreements, and even division? It doesn't have to be the end of this ministry. In fact, we see in the book of Acts, the early church was already facing these same issues. But the good news is, the Word of God also has some keen insights and advice on how to find resolution. What I look for in a church is good biblical, good sound biblical preaching and opportunities for fellowship for, for those in our age group. 
I would look for in a church is community. There was a new thing happening between the believers. It was different from what they were all used to. Peter has been healing the sick, he, speaking to the religious leaders and, and not afraid to confess who his master is. When Jesus ascended into the heavens, a new thing happened. The disciples became bold. Because of this new boldness, Thousands were coming to the faith. These new believers would assemble together under the name of the church. There were no blueprints or history or precedents on on how to do this new thing called church. But they quickly got the idea. All the believers were one in heart and one mind. They started to share their possessions with everyone in need. The disciples continued to speak about the resurrection of Jesus and God's grace was upon this new thing called church. It was even reported that no one, not a single soul, was in need among them. Some of the members even sold their houses and their fields just so that the church could distribute their earnings among the poor. There was a strong concern for others, and the church became a collaboration between its members to care for those who were in need. For not having any blueprints, this sure was a good start. The people were fair. They were loving. They were caring. But like most good things, it wouldn't last forever. Father, we pray now that as we look into this scripture and into the story of your church, we ask that you be with us, clarify, and Lord, we pray that no confusion be brought upon. We honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture this morning starts at a crossroads for the church. You know, by now, they they have received their commission. Uh, They're living in community. They are adhering to the command that's been given to them, but they seem to be struggling with collaboration. The story that I just spoke about was found in Acts chapter 4. If we travel just two chapters later in Acts 6, the church is having to deal with something that it has never had to do before. For the first time, they are going to have to deal with internal corruption, disputes, and possible division. Give a good thing to man, and we always seem to find a way, a way to still prove that we are human and not God. The scripture starts with the positive. 
it says, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing. I mean, this means that as problems started to rise within the church, the numbers continued to grow. It didn't stop or slow down. This is a clear indication that the church was organized. It kept its focus on the main thing. They even knew and kept record of how many souls were being saved. They had specific places and times when they would meet. They collected money and goods which were distributed to those in need. Sin was being confronted. All these things indicate that the church wasn't some disorganized, do-what-you-want operation. They knew that they were writing the blueprints for the church, and they wanted to get it right. But a new problem was coming to light. One group felt that the other group was getting favored treatment. The scripture says, The Greek Jews among them complained against the Hebrew Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. The Greek Jews were complaining that the Hebrew Jews were getting better treatment when it came to food distribution. The Hebrew Jews tended to regard the Greek Jews as unspiritual compromisers within their contemporary Greek culture. And the Greek Jews regarded the Hebrew Jews as holier than thou with all of their traditions. Now, let me tell you what this is. This has Satan written all over it. Ever since the church came into existence, Satan has been trying to take it down. So far in the church's history, He has attempted many different forms of direct opposition and intimidation from outside of the church, the threat of going to prison or being killed for the gospel. But nothing seemed to be working because the church was still growing. This reminds me of of a Salvation Army story I once heard from Canada. A Salvation Army officer every Wednesday would go to the local pub and he would start preaching on the sidewalks to those going in and out. He would do this week after week. The pub owners decided that they had had enough of this guy. And one day, a letter came in the mail at the Salvation Army from the pub owners, warning that if he comes back the following week, it would be his last. After reading the letter, the officer decides to draft a letter to his commander that read, This letter is to inform you that this post may be in need of a new officer come next Wednesday. There was a time when the only thing that stopped the church from advancing the gospel was death itself. Today, it only takes paperwork. The early church was not threatened by prison or even death. In Acts chapter 6, we see Satan move to a new strategy that he still uses today to divide and conquer by raising one Christian group against another. 
It is important to remember that though the titles Greek and Hebrew are used here in this scripture, these were all Christians, followers of Jesus. The reason why they are upset is a noble cause. They are concerned for their widows who are being overlooked. Now, the scripture doesn't really give us an indication if it was being done intentionally, but at this point, it doesn't matter. The appearance of favoritism has entered the church. Oh, this, this is Satan's playground. He loves to use unintentional wrongs to begin a conflict. This sort of thing happens all the time, still to this day. Favoritism, rather intentional or not, creates the perfect conditions for division, which usually leads to a divorce. One church becoming two. The Salvation Army's mission, doing the most good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to the Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support. And we'd love to hear from you. Call 1-800-229-9965 or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org to connect. Tell us how we can help. Share prayer requests or your testimony. With your permission, we would love to use your story on the show. You can also subscribe to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org to learn about more programs produced by the Salvation Army. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit your local Salvation Army Worship Center. They'll be glad to see you. Join us next time for the Salvation Army's Words of Life.